0: You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday morning to everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Well, Rob.
1: Well, Gary, how you doing <laughs> this morning, my friend?
0: I, I listen. I'm I'm hanging in there, my friend. I'm doing my best to uh, take it one day Aren't at a time. We man. all that's, right now? are yeah, we Well, I was. That's the question I was going to ask you. So you see, you're in an industry um, that the market kind of dictates. You know how well you're doing. Um, I, 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 look, I'm sure. Look, you've been doing this long enough. Where there's been better, there's been worse. Where present day if you see the scale you know better where where are you on that
1: god that's a that's a really difficult question to ask i really try to think back it was easy for my years and i would say you know right now is a really really tough market i sometimes feel like we're in the market of maybe around two thousand seven or two thousand eight. No, right? But, no, not but that But the bad. reason that I feel like that though is because I was just starting my career at that time. I was I only a couple that. years in. I didn't have a lot of market share. I was not living in Connecticut at that time. I was out of state, and I was literally you know fighting for every single deal. I really yeah, but was. that was
0: that was horrendous. it's not like that come on no it's not no but that's
1: the thing is right now where where i've got an advantage doing this now over two decades is like i actually have a reputation to uphold i have a brand um that took decades to build you know and i have referral sources and partners and past clients that i've worked with some for decades uh so it's like i feel i'm in a better position now just from A strength of my business and my brand equity that i have now that i didn't have back then you know some of which is thanks to this show right here that we're that we're talking about so you know we take a different approach when it comes to knowledge and education and just helping people navigate this realm of mortgage and real estate but like right now it's tough because if you talk to a lot of realtors there's not a lot of clients that can buy homes there's too many people and not enough homes right and I, where I see it is, I've got like 30, 35 homebuyers out right now that I've worked with. I spent time, I've invested my knowledge in them to get them pre-approved, and now they're out there on the battlefield that is the current housing market, the current sellers market, and they're striking out. You know, we're spending time doing numbers, we're spending time crafting offers, we're making sure that they're 100% comfortable, and still. We're seeing a lot of people striking out. We're seeing a lot of people put in multiple offers and get told no over and over again. And the resolve and the tenacity and the persistence of a homebuyer in today's market is the difference between success and failure. It's really that simple. I've only one homebuyer I can think of in the last 12 months, one of my buyers that's gotten their first offer accepted, only one. Okay, And I've worked with hundreds of people over the last 12 months, and only one has had their offer accepted on the first go. What that means to you is it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be quick. So either be ready or don't get in.
0: It's a seller's market, obviously. You attribute that to the low inventory?
1: 100%. The seller's market is there's a lot of people that want to buy homes, and there's not a lot of homes for sale. There's not enough homes for sale, Okay. Uh, that's a seller's market. It's like simple supply and demand. There's more demand from buyers than there is supply from sellers. And until we see that supply come into the market, meaning sellers go, you know what? I'll sell and I'll buy something else or I'll sell and I'll move. Until they do that comfortably, we're going to have this gridlock in the market. These multiple offers, the bidding wars, the difficulty that's going on. And I talk to my realtor partners about it every day. They're even more frustrated than me because they're boots on the ground with these buyers looking at properties, You know, given their all, the blood, sweat, and tears that are going into it and coming out empty-handed. Not once, not twice, multiple times. So you know, what I see, and, and we'll dive into this more, but what I see is a lot of the naive first-time buyers that are not experienced and don't know what to expect, when they get a couple no's, they're out. Like, that's it. This wasn't fun. You know, this wasn't what mm. they expected. Buying a home isn't worth it. It's, it's but once they've head. sold their
0: home, they, they have no time. Oh, buyers, first, first time. time I'm buyers. sorry. Okay. So
1: those people get out. But what I see is the successful ones so. have a cheerleader in their real estate agent, have a cheerleader and a coach in their mortgage advisor, have somebody that's encouraging in their attorney, right? And we're all gathering around them and pushing them. To their limits, physically, emotionally, mentally, to make sure they get to their goal. And it's hard. It's like you're in a game and you're losing, right? You look up at that scoreboard and you are losing bad, but that the game's not over yet and you can win. And we've helped people get from where you're at to that winning touchdown, but you got to stay in the game. The way to fail is to get out. And I've had in the last couple weeks, people that did stay in, that took the advice And they're now getting under contract they're Mm -hmm. finding that diamond in the rough they're making that 25th offer and they're getting it accepted and you know what it was worth it in the end and i asked them was it worth the, the turmoil the pain the heartache and when they walk and they have the keys to their home and they put that key in the door and open it up and their little two-year-old goes running in i'm telling you right now it is worth every penny that they paid it's worth what the interest rates are it's worth that down payment it's worth all of that and i think most people Hmm. would tell you that it is worth that and that's what i want to dive into today gary is getting to that point because there's nobody educating on this it's too bad you know you're a buyer in a seller's market too bad for you but that's not too bad. There are strategies. There are tactics. There are ways to move to the, the head of the 25
0: class. Twenty five offers. I mean, is that in the course of a one year, or two years, six months? I mean,
1: I would. Say I've made, over made the what two? Of a year.
0: Uh, how many have I made thus far? Two maybe or three? three? Yeah, and and in th- three three months. But so it's one, one of those one things
1: if you're not putting in offers you're not in the game it's like sitting at home plate but you can't with just your put your an offer in a... never swinging you're never doing anything, not even trying so you're you're a very specific home buyer Gary because you're not a first-time home buyer you've owned a home for years you have the mechanics and the timeline of that and you know what you're looking for you know the areas you're looking for you know the amenities you're looking for but you're not the average first-time home buyer Okay, and a lot of our listeners are first-time home buyers, or okay. maybe they they've owned a home only for a couple of years, not like you who's owned one for decades, right? So they're still looking at this from kind of a different perspective, a different lens than you are. Um, but I think the most important thing is to look at it individually, you know, because everyone is going to be different. And you want to make sure that you're communicating your needs, your wants, everything that you're desiring in this property to that team. Okay. And if they're not listening to you, you need to find a new member.
0: What advice then? What advice can you offer so, you know, a, a, for a home buyer in a competitive market when it comes to let's say let's say in, when it comes to preparing their finances? Preparing. Okay.
1: I think preparation right now is something that is so important and it can differentiate those who can move to the next phase of the home buying process to those who are going to get left in the dust, okay? And here's what I mean by that is there was a time, even just a couple years ago, where you could wing it in the home buying process. You could call up a realtor and say, hey, I saw this house online and I'm interested in looking at it. And they'd say, oh, okay, great. Talk to my lender. You talk to them and the next day or two, you're going to look at the home, right? And you could kind of wing it like that. In this market, that's not going to work. The reason that's not going to work is because The sellers and the agents that work with the sellers, they know the games that are being played. They don't want you wasting time looking at their house if you're not well qualified. So the first question is, are you pre-approved to buy a home? And anything other than, yes, I'm fully pre-approved. Here's my letter. Anything other than that, you're going to the back of the line. Okay? It's really that simple. So before you even start thinking about calling a realtor or going to look at houses or any of that stuff, plant that seed. And get with that mortgage advisor you need that that seed's going to take time to grow if you're lucky it may take a couple days for us to do everything if you're not so lucky it could take a month or a couple months wouldn't you rather know sooner than later right because there are things that you can do so getting your credit and finances in order ahead of time is great and get that game plan okay so that's number one and number two is if you are working towards buying that home but you're not ready now you're not ready in a month but maybe it's six months a year two years out Don't just sit there and do nothing. What can you do if your credit's great, you got a good job and all that? Get financial flexibility. What I mean is save more money, okay? Okay. Saving more money gives you two huge advantages. Number one, you could put a bigger down payment. And as we'll be talking about in a lot of these multiple offer bid situations, the difference between a 10% down and 20% down, it could be the difference between you getting the home or not, okay? If everything else is equal, the person putting more money down generally is gonna get, An actual mortgage. They're going to actually get their offer accepted because it's more skin in the game. And as we
0: learned last week, could actually get you a a slightly lower uh, percentage. Exactly. That, too.
1: It could also help your mortgage rate. So the other thing besides putting a larger down payment it'll help you with is there's so many expenses when it comes to moving, right? The actual moving truck, the furniture... The, uh, the different things you need to do, maybe you need to pay for storage for a month, like there's all these different moving parts of a move. No one ever says it didn't cost as much as I expected. It's always one of those budget overrun items. So the more money you have saved, the more money you're going to have to not need to get into debt when it comes to painting the wall, redoing the floor. Just all those little things that come up when you're buying a new home. So I think those two big pieces of advice, if you can stick to those, like you're going to be way ahead of the person that is just winging it. And I'll say even in this market, there is a huge cohort of people that think they can just wing this entire process. Not true.
0: You know, we've talked once before about getting pre-approved and, and, and why that's so important. And I can just anecdote this really quickly. I love being able to call or text you and say, I found a house, I want to put an offer in, because you, as you were just saying just a moment ago, there's so many other people that are bidding for this, time is of essence. Yes. So rather, I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to answer my own question, but why is being pre-approved not only recommended, it's absolutely essential it's, nowadays. There's,
1: there's no other option right yeah. now. no, I and get And I think it. in other markets, you could kind of, like I said, kind of wing the pre-approval, do it a little further along in the process. Right now, it shows you're serious. It shows you're more serious than ever because if you show up to a realtor or an open house or anything to do with real estate and you don't have a pre-approval, then how serious are you that you haven't actually contacted a lender to get the money? Unless you're a cash buyer and you can show me a bank account or an investment account with the amount of money you need to buy the home, that's the only exception to getting pre-approved early, okay? So the reason it's so important, not only the seriousness, but also hurdles that come up. Every single transaction, whether you got an 800 credit score or a 600 credit score, there's hurdles that come up. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's half a dozen. I, being in the industry so long, love dealing with hurdles up front. I love dealing with early in the process, before we're under the gun of a deadline, before I've got realtors and attorneys breathing down my neck for a clear to close, right? So by us getting all your documentation up front, the bank statements, the pay stubs, the tax returns, all the uh, ins and outs, we can identify issues up front and handle them. Also, I can get an underwriting manager to look at the file And help us solve a problem before it comes up. So then we're like eyes wide open going into the process. And I can put on the pre-approval letter that all your documentation has been thoroughly reviewed. And we have that, you know, underwriting approval. That's a huge leg up over the competition because there's so much competition. The lender's reputation can work in your favor because if they have a reputation of closing quickly, really good reviews, good communication, well, they're going to take that over with all due respect the pre-approval from a big box bank, okay? A Citibank, a Bank of America, a Webster. These banks, no offense, but they just don't do good at mortgages. And anyone that's gotten a mortgage from them knows, any realtor that's taken an offer from the banks knows it's not an easy process. So if you can have that lender that's local, that's a specialist and has that reputation, they'll plug their name into Google and see who you're working with. And I've had agents call me and say, Rob, we accepted your client's offer because you're the lender. And I've even had lenders or uh, agents I've worked with multiple times call me and say, Hey, Rob, we got multiple offers. I saw your name on this. I wanted to call you because we've worked together before. And I wanted you to tell me a little more about the strength of this buyer. And that phone call is the difference between that offer getting accepted and not. And I'm happy to say that more often than not, when I get that call, the offer is accepted and we're moving full speed ahead. So you see there are definite hmm. advantages of, of being pre-approved, okay. thoroughly pre-approved before you get out there. So
0: before making an offer, what do I need to know about the local market?
1: Yeah. So, you know, you're, as a home buyer, probably only doing this once in your life, or maybe I shouldn't say that. It's your first time in many cases, or you only do this a handful of times in your whole life. So understanding the dynamics of the local market that you're buying and the local trends is huge. The dynamics of the market in Hartford are different than the dynamics of the market in Boston. Okay. They are, even though they may only be an hour or two apart, They're not the same, completely different. And it could be said of that for anywhere in the state. You know, the market in Fairfield is very different from the market in New Haven. Okay, Okay? so real estate is local. And that's why it's so important to have a team that's local, especially in this case, a realtor that's worked locally in the area that you're looking to buy, because they're going to help you get that knowledge of what it's like in the local market. You know, have things shifted in the last week or two or are things going in the wrong direction? It's really, really difficult. Like, it's important to know that. So lean on your realtor, lean on your mortgage advisor as local experts. And if they're not local experts, find someone who is to bring onto your team. You also want to craft competitive offers and be strategic. I've seen first-time buyers, they're trying to get such a good deal, they go in on every offer below ask. You're not getting a house in this market. Below. Us. That worked. That worked in 2018. <laughs> that worked in 2017. That doesn't work in the current market. And those are the those are the buyers, though, Gary, I was talking about that put in dozens of offers, but they're bad offers and they get burned out. So you need to be competitive and you need to be strategic. Your realtor shouldn't even be, be putting an of, offer in of that's course that. Not. Bad, but they do, because that's their fiduciary duty. But they should be helping you as a buyer to craft an offer that's going to get get accepted. And the top realtors I work with, and I see this every day, I had a client working with many realtors for a period of a couple months. They said, Rob, I'm sick of this. I need someone who's a pit bull who can get my offer accepted. I referred them to one of my top agents, gentlemen, been on this show, Josh Brown, Keller Williams. Within a week, they were under contract. So how is it that they were with these other agents for months and didn't go under contract, they get paired up with the right agent, the right reputation, the right area, and they get their offer accepted.
0: What a different era we're in. You're talking about under – there's bidding wars going on for crying out loud. You've got to have strategies, though, to help a buyer get get that property, right?
1: I have some strategies that I've used with my clients over the years, and these are always evolving. So I'm talking about the strategies I'm using right now in mid-2023, one of the strongest sellers markets we've ever seen in the Northeast and in Connecticut. Here's what I recommend you do today. Number one is submit a strong offer up front. Don't play that game of lowballing or trying to get the deal of a lifetime because it's Likely not going to happen, and you're wasting everyone's time. So submit a very strong offer up front, a larger earnest money deposit. So maybe you put a little more money up front to show them you're serious. That can help. I've seen some agents do that lately. Um, ex- escalation clause. I know you've heard of that. A mm-hmm. lot of people have heard of that lately. It's I like It's something that's becoming more and more. Uh, opportune with the current market the escalation clause increases your offer if other bids come in this is something to talk to your realtor about if it's a property you really really love and you're going to do any and everything to get it putting an escalation clause in there can really help your chances of getting that offer won. you want to be flexible when it comes to your closing timeline and a lease back so what a lease back is is if you're trying to close quickly, maybe the seller doesn't want to leave right away, but you say to them, hey, I'll let you stay there for a couple weeks or a month. <laughs> With most mortgages owner-occupied, you just have to move in within 60 days of the closing, okay? So having a seller stay there for a couple weeks or a month is not going to like uh, exclude you or... Uh, make you delinquent on the mortgage contract. It is okay to do the lease back, but it's got to be done correctly, legally, and all that. Consult your attorney. The reason I say it is because I've had recent offers accepted. Two I can think of where the reason that they got accepted in multiple offer scenarios is because the buyer, my client, was able to, number one, close quickly. We did 30 day closes on these. And number two, because we were closing quickly, they let the seller stay in the house for a couple weeks after closing. That gave them the time they needed to. And, you know, uh, pack up and kind of get all their stuff situated. So that's huge being flexible there. And then the the pre-approval vouching. So this is something that is not very big in the Northeast and in Connecticut, but it's something that I stole from my colleagues out West where the market for a long time, up until recently, was much, much hotter and better than Connecticut. And what the pre-approval vouching is all about is communicating from your advisor, your loan officer, directly over to the listing agent or the seller's agent. The reason we do that is to vouch for you, to show them that you're not playing games, you're fully pre-approved, you've made a commitment to us as your lender to get us everything, and you've made good on that commitment. We've reviewed your credit, we've reviewed your income, we've reviewed your assets, and you're ready to go and buy this home right away. Not only that, but you You can do it quickly because we're already so far into the process. When I have that discussion with a listing agent, that offer, if it's not already at the top of the stack, it's going there. Okay. Um, and I've had listing agents tell me this is the reason why they take my clients offers because of this proactiveness, because of this communication. They know if we're taking the time up front to communicate that during the mortgage process, when things can go different directions and get confusing, we're going to be there. To make it happen, we're going to be there to communicate the good, bad, and the ugly. And that's a huge, huge thing. So, you know, this is going to depend on your loan officer, but it's something that we do.
0: Folks, you're listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. You can contact Rob very easily. Just write this number down and give him a call. It's 860 413. 3938. I'll repeat that more towards the end of the show. And you can always check them out on the World Wide Web at robgw.com. There's got to be some, oh, you kind of you started going into this a little bit a moment ago. Some creative office structures or maybe even some contingencies that buyers can use in order to kind of make their offer a little bit right. more attractive to the seller.
1: Right. So this is where, again, that expert agent is going to help you craft the specific offer for the house. But generally speaking, what I see. Uh, In the market, as I see sometimes, people are waiving contingencies. We saw it a lot in 2020, kind of went away, and now it's back because we're in such a competitive market. Waiving contingencies means that you, as the buyer, might say, you know what, I'm comfortable with the house. I'm not going to do a home inspection on it. Or if I do a home inspection, I'm going to do it for information only and I'm not going to ask you to repair anything. Okay, that's good because as a home seller, (laughs) Somebody else is going to come and bring an inspector and ask you to make a bunch of repairs and a bunch of different things. So by having a contingency of an inspection waived, you put yourself in a position where you can probably close quicker with less hassles. And the other thing is an appraisal contingency. You know, um, an appraisal contingency, especially with prices going up, I wouldn't recommend waiving it by any means. But if you're in a financially strong position and you've decided with your realtor that that's going to help your offer get accepted, there are certain circumstances where waiving an appraisal contingency may not be very risky. Maybe you have the money set aside to handle a, a gap in the appraisal if needed. So waiving contingencies in general can definitely help you stand out. The least period that we just talked about is big because a lot of sellers now they don't want to be rushed so giving that opportunity to lease the property back to them but i can
0: only stay there three months
1: no two at the most oh it's you two said th- at least 60 days at max the buyer has to move in within 60 days that's it period if it's a primary home the seller cannot stay there if i want to sell that. my
0: home and a buyer and I say, hey, I want to lease back Can I? because uh, I'm not quite ready to yeah. – I haven't found a new home yet. Can I lease it on a month-by-month basis?
1: Well, yeah, but the buyer has to move in within 60 days.
0: Well, the buyer's got a – he's already got a house he's living in.
1: Nope. Then, I mean, there's a lot of facts here that I don't know the answer. It sounds like this is an investment property. It's an investment property. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If it's an investment property, then the seller can stay there as long as they want, okay, for sure. Okay. But if it's a property that you're going to move into as your primary home, that's where the leaseback period is limited to 60 days
0: because that's the mortgage That's where contract. the disconnect was. Okay, I got you. Um, how, how can buyers you know, effectively negotiate with, with sellers, and maybe even their agents, in order to secure the best possible deal? Yep.
1: So preparation and flexibility we talked about is big. Uh, knowing kind of timelines, when's the latest date you can move, and kind of having all that stuff figured out can help you. Understanding the seller's motivation to sell their home, because everybody's different, right? Your realtor can usually help you get some intelligence from the other agent. Why is this seller selling? What is their meal ticket? Are they trying to get the maximum amount, or are they just trying to get closed in a couple weeks and make this very quick and easy? What is their main motive? Use your realtor's communication to help with this. Your realtor should be having a, a long and intensive communication with the listing agent of the home, whether that's by email, text, phone calls. They really Mm -hmm. need to have communication because I've had a lot of really good realtors tell me that is the piece of the puzzle where they get their clients the deal, is knowing this is why they want to sell, and here's what you're going to need to offer to make it happen. Maintaining good communication with the seller's agent is big because that's what they're looking for, and we've talked about the wealth team, who you work with matters. That's how the negotiation is really done effectively, is with a great negotiator. So
0: having a knowledgeable real estate agent you're saying is really effective here
1: it's not only effective it's invaluable right now it's a necessity again years ago like you could really wing this process and come out okay and many people did but i feel like this market that we're in right now especially for home buyers in the strong seller market it requires the marines it requires like (laughs) the most tactical people on your team it requires the most experience because this is so unlike what we've seen in the last three five eight ten years it requires people that have been in the industry for a long time and seen a lot of things so like don't take it lightly on your realtor and don't be afraid to ask the, the hard questions and find the person that's going to help you get the best deal because the difference between a good realtor. And a bad realtor could mean the difference between you getting a home or not. It's really that. All right.
0: We're running out of time. And I really, this is really a key question here. Um, You've, there's such a limited inventory right now. You and your experience and your resources, you must have some advice for people who are buying and, and, and may not be able to find their ideal home right away.
1: Yeah, I, I've definitely seen it. and I've been seeing more and more of this lately. So I'll give our listeners the same motivation and confidence that I give my personal clients, which is patience is key with this process. You might need to re- renew your pre-approval a couple times. Mm. You know, back in the old days, you didn't need to do that, but now you may need to um, experience obviously is key. So don't be in a hurry. We want to we want you to have a good experience. So be patient, remain open minded and be really flexible. Uh, expand your search to nearby neighborhoods. Don't just say I only want to live in this zip code. I only live in this neighborhood. You're going to set yourself up just for an even longer process. If you say, I'm willing to go to these outskirts towns, I'm willing to go a little more outside the box than I was before, you might find you're able to get a much better deal and more amenities on a property. Consider fixer uppers. Everyone wants that home where you can just bring a toothbrush and move in, but consider fixer uppers. You know, we can talk about renovation loans, which I've had a lot more of lately. We have talked
0: about those, yeah.
1: Um, Look for potential of long-term equity growth. Because if you can get a fixer-upper and take on some projects yourself or hire professionals, you're going to have way more growth in the equity of your home doing that than buying a home that's just ready to move in. And the last thing is keep ongoing communication with your realtor Um, because things are constantly changing. And things change so quick, a house that you like might come on the market, and if you take two days to get back to your realtor, by the time you're ready to go see it, it's over. It's sold.
0: Short answer, real short answer. Um, Off-market listings or hidden gems... Yeah. Build a strong network with your realtors for sure. That's where you're
1: going to get an advantage. Mention to your friends, family, coworkers, and colleagues about your home buying plans. They might know someone who's thinking of selling their home coming up or someone that's in the process of selling their home that you can talk to for a potential off market opportunity or just a early market opportunity where the house is just being listed. Yeah. And you can be one of those first offers in. That's the way to do it.
0: Oh, yeah. Folks, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. If you like More information on Rob Weinberg, simply head on over to his website. Very easy www.robgw.com, robgw.com. If you've got a question that you'd like to ask Rob, particularly on this show, uh, why don't you email this show? It's very easy to do. Maybe we can get your question answered on these very airwaves as soon as next weekend. It's simply Mortgage matters radio show at gmail.com. And if you want to schedule a consultation with Rob, he'd love to hear from you. I'll say his number twice. It's 860 413 That's 860-413-3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.